Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 521st edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you American perspective of our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. You get your daily reading from me uh, over and other writers, actually, as well, uh, from JerseySportingNews.com uh, on the soccer side. And we got some good writers. Obviously, it's mostly New York Rebels and Gotham FC. Uh, to discuss, but once again, it is a, a good group of people who I work with, and we'll get to those people for the next show, and I'll let you know about them uh, once I uh, get, get their names and ready to go. Um, chat room is open. Come on in. Discuss amongst yourselves if you like. If you have a question for me, I'll try to answer it to the best of my abilities. This past weekend, we all know, it was September 11th, the 20th anniversary of September 11th. And while I did not lose any family members, I did not lose any friends, longtime friends, acquaintances, or loved ones. I lost my fellow Americans. I lost my neighbors, meaning being originally from New York City, of the Bronx, New York. I lost friends and fellow human beings on that horrible day. And because evil people wanted to destroy not just New York City, not just a section of the Pentagon, but they wanted to destroy the United States of America. We honor those who lost their lives. We honor the heroes on Flight 93 who forced their airplane to crash land in a field in, Mass- in uh, Pennsylvania to save more lives as they coughed up theirs. They gave up their lives to make sure more lives would not be lost. And these were regular citizens like us. Now, we will always and never forget, we will always remember the heroic days of 9-11 of 2001. But as I get ready to talk about this intro monologue, let me say this right now. While five points out of nine is nothing to sneeze at, all you can say is that if not for the win against Honduras, Greg Berhalter, in my opinion, did not have a job. And you know what? Before I even get to that, I believe a a good friend of mine has uh, joined me tonight to talk about whatever's on his mind soccer-wise. Go ahead, my friend. It's all yours. Thank you. Good to be back. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see that third game because it was so late here on the East Coast. But, you know... I I did have my suspicions about it because Honduras is really a tough team, but the U.S. was able to pull it out, even though they were trailing uh, in the beginning of the game. But they poured it on the 
in the uh, second half. And we needed that game because if we didn't, you know, we'd be in a heap of trouble with these first three games. I mean, if we're going to qualify, we have to start, you know, winning more and being more uh, convincingly. I mean, the two ties are bad enough. We should have won that game against Canada in the second game, but they just couldn't hold that lead. So at least now with this, it gives our offense, I think, a bit more confidence. So maybe we can, you know, get better as we go into the next group stage. I'm hoping. Well, I was well first, exactly. I was disappointed and enough we didn't make the last World Cup. No, absolutely. And the thing is, is this, is that yes. for Greg Berhalter, he was outcoached by John Herdman of Canada in the second right. game of that September window. Uh, John Herdman, and I've always said this, you cannot assume it's a victory whether you're a player or even the head coach of the U.S. men's national team. Because mm. Canada realistically, has also improved. And people have to understand, yes. when you have a better manager running a program that has seen their own version of pitfalls, their own version of hilarity and hijinks, when they've had it in the bag and then they allow those needless equalizing goals that should not have happened, that was Canada. And when I say was, that is when Canada, who had good players back in the day, but they could not get it done the right way between the 2000 Gold Cup championship that they beat guest team Columbia at the Rose Bowl yes. all the way till now in this World Cup qualifying cycle and at the same time this past Gold Cup as well. Because if they would have defeated Mexico... In the semifinal match, they would have played the U.S. in the final in Las Vegas. So Canada, who has their own strength of players that are doing well, not just in Major League Soccer, not just for Toronto FC, Club de Foot Montreal, or the Vancouver Whitecaps, but also in Europe. They also have players in the brand-new Canadian Premier League that's been going on for the last year or two. There are players probably from Hamilton who play for Forge that has already earned international competition in CONCACAF in the CONCACAF League. They have players that have played internationally, but at the same time, they have a manager that they can trust. John Herdman has done an amazing job elevating Canada to a level that we have not seen of them at all. But if you talk to the Canadian bloggers or the Canadian writers, they will tell you that John Herdman has brought back more respect for Canada for the men's program and not, not poo-pooing the women. They've done a fantastic job when Herdman was their manager, was their head yes. coach for the women's game. He took over the men's game. That victory over the United States in the Nations League group stage at BMO Field the 2-0 victory was the first shot across the bow of Greg Berhalter. And fine, came back to Orlando in that group stage matchup in the Nations League, destroyed them four goals to one. An early goal by Shaq Moore in the final group stage match against Canada in this past Gold Cup, but they didn't do anything else because Canada did an amazing job of playing defense, and keeping the U.S. away from the net after they coughed up that opening goal within the first minute 
of that match. And then you have Greg Berhalter not knowing what to do, not making a substitution since forced to make an injury sub in the 44th minute for Serginio Dest in the first half and had 40 minutes of gameplay, not counting half time to take the break. Greg Berhalter did not make subs until the 83rd, 84th minute. That is inexcusable by Greg Berhalter to screw it up royally. And the Mm. Honduras game in Honduras, that second half, was his saving grace. Because the truth is, is this. It's not great if they would have ended at two points. It would have been, all right, it's okay. Three points if they would have kept it at a 1-1 tie. But his starting 11 yeah, we need the win, was though. an absolute shambolic way of starting the match. They didn't look comfortable. They didn't look good. They kept on coughing up the ball. They got pushed off the ball very easily. They got scored on. John Brooks, you know, he doesn't work well with three center backs. John Brooks got taken off rightfully so. Why is Tyler Adams as a right-winged fullback when he's normally a box-to-box midfielder for both offense and defense? I don't care if Greg's going to say to us in the post-match press conference, well, he's played there with Red Bull Leipzig. So what? He's never played there unless he's forced to because he is a box-to-box midfielder. That's what he was with the Red Bulls and MLS before we went to Leipzig, that's the success he's had going forward on the national team. And it's Greg Berhalter making a mess of everything when he should know better that you need points. You don't need stylish points when you're trying to outdo the opposition. Granted, on the road, it's tough getting a victory on the road, but you know what? What? Why did they get that victory? Because Burhalter said, you know what? That's my fault. I'm raising my hand right now. It's my fault. That shouldn't have happened. Went back to a 4-3-3. Put Sands back into the back line from midfield. Put Tyler Adams back into the midfield role he's normally having from the back line. And then making those subs, all three subs coming in to start the second half, all three scoring goals. Legette, Anthony Robinson, and Brendan Aronson scoring goals. Pepe was fantastic from start to finish as he was like the Pepe. only starter on on that team to go all the way the full 90 minutes and making that game-winning goal in the 75th minute. So, Berhalter, his yes. neck was on the line. Not the players. Players. It was Berhalter's neck on the line, and honestly... He should have been sacked that night. But because of the win and because they scored four goals, that's why they are in second place or at least tied for second with Canada in the octagon standings right now. Yeah, last I heard it was third, but I guess they moved up from the last few you know days. what, alphabetically – look, look, alphabetically, Canada's second, wow. U.S. is right, third. Okay. They both have the same – they both have the same record. They both have the same points. They both have the same goals scored. They both have the same goal mm. differential. So basically, Evenly that's matched. what it is. Evenly matched. It's only okay, going to go by a- alphabetically because 
right. starts with a C, and the U.S. ends with a, it starts with a U. So, you. so I mean, yeah. only Panama is in fourth place because they've only scored one goal less, and that's why currently they're in fourth place, the international playoffs point. So for Greg, for the yeah. October window, two home games, Jamaica, Costa Rica, and on the road in Panama, at least, not counting the Panama game right now, at least six points. Jamaica can be had. Costa Rica is in flux. They have an opportunity yes. to get six points in those two games, and they have to get those six points in those two games. Whatever happens yes. in Panama, if you can get a win, it's gravy. Exactly. Any, any, anyone will do. Yeah. I mean, I think they could be. I think you're right. They could be Jamaica, but uh, they have to go to the Panama. That's somewhat worries me because they, you know, those road games for them, you know, have been murder. So. I'm worried yep. about a little worried about that one, but the next two matches, uh, I think we can. I think we can win that. Yep, exactly. I think so too. I think so too. Well, as always, I appreciate you coming on. And if you get a chance, uh, if you get a chance, come to my show on Saturday afternoon if you can. I'll I'll try. I'll I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot if I can. I'm usually busy in the afternoons, but. I'm going to try and get it on there if I can. All right, let me give the information first before I go. Uh, the go name ahead. of the show is the the name of the show is called the Enhanced Sports Show. We're on five to seven p.m. Saturdays at East Coast time, by the way. The number to call is five one two five four three four six six two. I'll repeat it again: five one two five four three four six six two. I'm also on Facebook, and you can also reach me by my Gmail account at. Lutinor45 at gmail.com. Capitalize the G, please, or you don't get, or it won't go through. And uh, lose the name and sports is the game. All right. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, I had to get him on and uh, had to talk about, which I really was going to talk about those three games in September for the U.S. men's national team and World Cup qualifying, but, you know, it, it's it's been tough. It's been difficult, but once again, uh, they got the win in Honduras. The best 45 minutes out of 180 minutes in those three games in September, and Berhalter's got to do better, or else he should be sacked. Not blaming any of the players, but Berhalter should be sacked if he fails us again, and he better not. And that's the truth. He better not fail us this time. Cannot do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back to U.S. Open Cup qualifying for the 2022 tournament. It will begin, well, it has already begun, actually, one match yesterday. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, We will have on special guests uh, tonight, of course, uh, three teams from within the United States, we have, of course, from the Philadelphia area, the Ukraine Nationals, a four-time Open Cup champion. And uh, joining me from that club will be, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Gene Lusiv. Uh, I hope I pronounced his last name correctly, and we'll find out when he calls in around 8.30. And then, of course, we'll have on the president head coach, Max Fowler, of Athletic Club Sloan's Lake in Colorado. And then we will have from Florida, Alfredo Forocco from Deportivo Lake Mary. So 
as we've already talked about in the uh, central region for the U.S. Open Cup, one match has already been played, and that was FC Denver hosting Peak 11 FC. And it was a scoreless draw through regulation and extra time, and it went to penalty kicks. Peak 11, upset city on FC Denver. Of course, FC Denver has made the Open Cup in the past. They're one of the tough, top-notch amateur sides in the central region, especially in the state of Colorado. They always sign up for the the, uh, Open Cup qualification cycle, always going forward, always going through. And this time, they get stopped on penalties by a final of 3-4. to four, And Peak 11 FC will move on to the second round of Open Cup qualification. And that, my friends, is unbelievable. There will be another match uh, on the 15th, which will be in two days. And uh, we'll get all the information for you right now as we get ready to discuss what is going to happen. Now, I don't know why U.S. Soccer made um, these two matches first round of qualifying and then the rest is second round. I I think that's incorrect. This is all first round, in my opinion. But here we go. In the southeast region, Orlando FC Wolves will host, of course, Deportivo Lake Mary. And that will be at the East Orange District Park in Christmas, Florida, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Next match will be uh, City Soccer FC as they host Miami Sun FC, and that'll be at uh, Gaines Park in West Palm Beach, Florida. Don't have a a time or a date yet for that one, unless that's the one that's going to be on the 15th. We'll have to wait and see. The other matches uh, in the West region, uh, FC Davis will be taking on Davis Legacy SC, and that will be at the Playfields Park Soccer Stadium in Davis, California, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Gremio FC of San Diego taking on the Rebel Soccer Club, and that will be at uh, Mira Mesa High School Stadium in San Diego, California. Now, there are more teams in both the West region and in the Southeast region. They were granted a bye out of the first round so that they will be playing in the next round in October and it's going to be a lot of interesting. So right now, there's 10 clubs in Florida uh, that have buys. Florida Brothers, Florida Soccer Soldiers, Hurricane FC, International Soccer Association, the Miami Beach Club de Football, Miami Soccer Academy of Naples City FC, <coughs> excuse me, Ocean Way FC, Palm Beach Breakers, Red Force FC, three from Georgia, and Atletico Atlanta, Georgia Revolution Reserves, and the Georgia Storm. Of course, they're also in the NPSL. And one club from South Carolina, United Heat. In the West region, those clubs that are getting the buys, 20 from California, um, Pristrano FC, Chula Vista FC, Contra Costa FC, Desert Communities SC Pathfinders, El Farolito, Escondido FC, Inter San Francisco, JASA RWC, the LA Monsters, FC uh, Metro, excuse me, Metro FC, Modesto City Football Club, 
the Oakland Stompers, Outbreak FC, Real San Jose, Real Sociedad Royals, Rose City FC, San Fernando Valley FC, Sporting 101, Trojans FC, White Tigers FC, Nevada, Battleborn FC, and Villarreal Las Vegas. So that will be interesting. Now for the rest, Northeast Region. Kendall Wanderers of Massachusetts versus Newtown Pride of Connecticut on September the 18th. The big battle, the battle for Philadelphia, the Lone Stars, hosting the Ukrainian Nationals the four-time Open Cup champions. Pittsburgh City United versus IASC Boom out of Rochester, just outside of Rochester, New York. Oyster Bay United FC from Long Island. And they'll be hosting the New York Greek Americans. They are also four-time Open Cup champions. D.C. Cheddar versus Corinto FC out of Virginia. Nova FC versus Springfield FC. They're both from Virginia. Districtonia Football out of the, out of the District of Columbia versus Allianz Football Club in Virginia. EFA Metro of New Jersey and Clifton versus the Jackson Lions of Jackson, both in New Jersey. FC Maritza of Illinois versus Lexington Landsharks out of Kentucky. New Amsterdam FC of Nyssa, their two team, they'll be from New York versus New York Pancyprian Freedoms out of Queens and Astoria. And of course, on September the 19th, United German Hungarians out of Pennsylvania versus Verengong Erzgeberge, also out of Pennsylvania. Lynchburg FC versus Agen Hawks FC. CA United versus Rockville Soccer Club. The New Jersey Alliance of Clifton, New Jersey versus the Westchester United FC in Westchester County in New York, north of the Bronx. Toros FC versus Virginia United FC. Brockton FC United versus U Nations FC. So that's the Northeast, ladies and gentlemen. And now we go to the Central Region. FC Denver has already played their match. Lone Star Republic versus uh, D Feeders Kicks Soccer Club. These are Texas sides. It's September the 18th. Southwest Football Club, Texas versus San Antonio Runners. And then on the 19th, Harpo's FC out of Colorado versus FC Union Jerez, also out of Colorado. Colorado Rovers versus Athletic Club of Sloan's Lake. Now be on September 19th on Sunday. Colorado Rush versus uh, Azteca FC and the Houston Hotshots of Greensport FC in Texas versus Athletic KTFC. And that match will be at the British International School of Houston in Katy, Texas. This is why you love the Open Cup. This is why you enjoy the Open Cup. Because you get to see these clubs right now, in 2021, on the back end of the calendar, fighting for spots, fighting to get on the draw sheet for the first round 
of the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup for 2022. You will see these clubs going tooth and nail with each other to take on these teams that represent USL League One, USL League Two, NISA, the NPSL, and of course, already filling up the automatic spot in the U.S. Adult Soccer Association Tournament Champions, Lansdowne Yonkers, the Lansdowne boys of Yonkers, New York. They have won many regional championships in Region 1 of USASA, and they are nothing to sneeze at. Of course, it is a Celtic vibe that they model themselves after, and once again, They're just over the border of New York City on the west side of Yonkers, over McLean Avenue, near the Sawmill River Parkway, which becomes the Henry Hudson Parkway. These are the clubs that you love to watch, that you love to talk about, that you want to see them. Get that opportunity to fight against the bigger competition that professional U.S. soccer has. The goal is to proceed from the first round and then you get into the second round where you will face tougher competition in USL Championship. And then if you win that, you'll go into the next round where it will be some MLS clubs and then when you do win that round, you go into the fourth round where you're going to face the rest of MLS. And if you win that round, you go into the round of 32 for round five. And then, of course, that's actually round four. Round five is the round of 16, the quarters, the semis, and the final. These are the dreams that these clubs have. Some of these clubs, as I've already stated, have already won the Open Cup back in the day when it was the national championship of American soccer. There was no Major League Soccer back in the old days. There was the American Soccer League. And those clubs in the ASL fighting tooth and nail to not just win their respective league, but the fighting, battling of becoming a national champion of U.S. soccer the national champions of the sport in this country. The Open Cup is sacrosanct. And I understand everyone's nerves and everyone who was upset that we had no Open Cup in 2020. We've had no Open Cup in 2021 due to the pandemic. I understand how upset everyone was that the small version of the Open Cup was created, that it wasn't a true Open Cup situation, a true journey. But I, look, sometimes hard and tough decisions had to be made. And U.S. Soccer did what they had to do. U.S. Soccer did what they felt they had to do. 
because of what we've been going through with the COVID virus. But not anymore now. Yes, there will be some variants being created. Obviously, there will be mutations. But the truth is, it's time to move forward. It's time to bring back the Open Cup the way it should be. We bring back the Open Cup. It will be back. It has been back now. Qualifying is underway. And it's absolutely fantastic that Open Cup is back in session. And I personally cannot wait to get to that first round draw. But as I've said, qualify. It's time to get those spots for qualification to be earned. And we're going to start that, which already has started yesterday. But the crux of it, the meat and the potatoes of it, will be this upcoming weekend, Saturday, September 18th, and Sunday, September 19th. Let's get it on. Let's get ready now, ladies and gentlemen, as we will now have on with me. I'm very glad to have this club coming on live with me tonight. They are a four-time Open Cup champion. They have been around for a very long time. They are a staple in the Philadelphia soccer community and in the neighboring suburbs of Philadelphia. And that is the Philadelphia Ukraine Nationals. Joining me tonight from the club is Mr. And I hope I have your name correct. Gene Lucio. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. Gene Lucio. You got it. Thank you very much. I want to make sure I got it correctly or else it's $10 in the cookie jar. Anyway, (laughs) Um, first things first, Gene, I want to say it is an honor and a privilege to have a a legendary club, a legacy club like the Philadelphia Ukraine Nationals on this show to preview your Open Cup matchup, obviously, and to talk about the club. It is amazing this club getting involved and trying to go for a fifth title through qualification. That, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, uh, with me, of course, is Roman Chuprinak, uh, I hope, and uh, he uh, is uh, one of the co-managers of our current adult majors club, um, so he can tell you more about the current situation. But I was listening to your show. Can you hear me? Yeah. I was, I was I listening you. to your show. Yep, I was listening to your uh-huh. show, and I, I really enjoyed listening to something that we all experienced as Ukrainians in the Philadelphia community, and even Ukrainians nationally, as we watched Ukrainian uh, nationals win all of these professional championships on behalf of the city of Philadelphia. Arguably the most successful, if judged by championships, uh, professional franchise in Philadelphia sports history was the Philadelphia Athletics only matching them in a number of championships won. Uh, the, the, the fight in the Ukrainians, I'll start off by saying, had an interesting ethnic or a heritage element. You have to remember Ukraine was under the Bolsheviks at the time. Uh, Khrushchev was the, was the secretary general. Um, and um, effectively, you also had, uh, after that, Brezhnev. So the Ukrainians here, not only do they want to win as a matter of sport, but they wanted to express the Ukrainian sporting spirit which was not alive or not permitted to thrive in, in the Soviet Union. So 
that was the added fight that these gentlemen had, that these Ukrainian clubs had, and even on a national level, there were uh, Ukrainian clubs throughout. Um, 1949, uh, immigrants uh, who are refugees from World War II come to the United States. They uh, start engaging in all manner of sports, volleyball, soccer, chess even, uh, basketball. They played every conceivable thing. But, of course, coming from Europe, soccer was the number one sport. Football was the number one sport. In 1956, they took their first big step when they competed in the finals for the U.S. Amateur Cup. So imagine, six years after arriving, uh, these gentlemen are competing for the number one cup for all the U.S. Amateur Soccer soccer. They, they, they went to St. Louis. They lost one to nothing. One of their premier players got a red card, so they played shorthanded the entire game almost. Tremendous accomplishment. The... The, the torch continues until 1960 when they uh, acquire the Philadelphia Nationals and rename them to the Philadelphia Ukrainian Nationals. Um, players on these teams were Walt Chisowitz, who I think you can consider to be the godfather of soccer in the United States, a member of the, who's now enshrined, of course, in the Hall of Fame, both as a coach and a player. Uh, his brother, Gene, uh, Alex Eli, another player, Mike Milha, who in the first championship year of 1960-61 in the finals scored all five goals against the L.A. Kickers. So that's, that's a record that's never been matched. These guys went on to win the U.S. Open Cup uh, three times in the, in, in, the, in the time period from 60 to 65, and then a fourth time in 1967. Um, the, the National Challenge Cup, which was another cup that was fought for. I don't believe it's uh, 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 a cup anymore, uh, but it's, uh, they won that four times as well. They won the Lewis Cup, the professional championship of the American Soccer League, six times. So those are six professional championships. Twice they did the triple header, which has never been matched. The National Cup, the National Challenge Cup, the U.S. Open Cup, and the, uh, the uh, Lewis Cup, Championship of the American Soccer League, all in one year. Um, that, is the, that, is, that, is an, that is the thing that we are most proud of. And that's the tradition that carries us forward, um, even as, as an amateur club today. Um, it is in the, the I, I don't know the exact years, but we know the major, the, uh, the, 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 the major soccer club comes in and uh, the league comes in where Beckenbauer and Pelé, and that essentially tore us under the American Soccer League. And it's at that point the Ukrainian Nationals focused more on an amateur program and competed in, for the U.S. Open Cup multiple times. And as you described, the Yonkers team, in its day, the 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, it was that club that was constantly in a reaching championship play uh, for that U.S. Open Cup. And uh, our fellows are very much intent on um, getting there again. I think we are actually in a rebuilding program now. Roman can tell you more about that. And we want to get back in and be that team that is competing for Region 1 and competing for the national title. One final thing I'll tell you is unique. All of the mm -hmm. English Premier teams came to, the, to Philadelphia to play our team. Manchester United, Manchester City, uh, Wolverhampton, uh, Nottingham. Um, uh, all of them came uh -huh. here to compete against us. And uh, the Austrian team uh, wow. from, from Vienna, 
Stuttgart, Frankfurt, all, and there are programs that are available on our website. You can take a look at those from those games. It's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Uh, the 1963 team is enshrined in the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame. It has its own special section. So this is our pride, and we are going to return to that, and it's, we're, 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 we're bent on doing that. Um, and uh, that's, I think, uh, uh, some, somewhat more for our, for, our, for our fellows to talk about our current program because we have been entering the U.S. Open uh, play as well as U.S. Amateur Cup play for a number of years now. And before I even get to Roger, I just want to say I did talk to Dan Ish before coming on the air tonight. Apparently, someone dug up a, uh, a film reel of the 1960 U.S. Open Cup Championship won by the Ukrainian Nationals. Uh, amazing, yeah. very amazing. I, I have to tell you, I hope uh, I'll get a copy of it if it's possible because I would love to see it. I know digitally hopefully it can happen once this whole um, – virus is out of the out of our hairs and stuff because i would love to see that um you know it's amazing that the first ever open cup title for this club was documented and uh you know it's amazing to see this uh so if roger is mm -hmm. No, I was just going to say, I just lost you for a second. Keep going. I'm listening. Go ahead. Well, what, no, I was ready to go to Roger now. I want, I want okay. to go to Roger and to talk about uh, the club, obviously, a little bit more. Uh, what, the, what players have been the most exciting players that he has seen uh, with the club so far. And then, of course, uh, I'd like a preview against the Philadelphia Lone Star, who are not slouches either in the area. But... Um, Talk about some of the amazing players you have currently, Roger, on the club going forward, representing Ukraine Nationals. Hey, Daniel. Yeah, this is Roman. And I was hoping to get another $10 into the cookie oh, jar. Oh, my apologies. $10 got in. That's right. Ten you, got the easy part. You, got, you got the easy part of your name wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I believe I also we also have Nima uh, here that is uh, help, helping the club out uh, with uh, with the current status of uh, of our program. Uh, he should be on the line as well with us. But yes, yeah, Gene was talking about all this history of our club, and and, and clearly, uh, you know, we have we have uh, a huge history and something. That, that will be very hard, almost impossible to match uh, these days with the level of, 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 of soccer the way it is, with the structure and, and, and everything else that goes around in this world uh, of, of soccer. But uh, we, we are moving in the right direction, and we keep entering this cup. And it's, a, it's almost like a bonus for everybody to have some fun and enjoy this Open Cup uh you know, uh, soccer, because league is one thing where you grind from week to week and you prepare for it, and, and then you go to this to this next level just basically as a dream. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, soccer and, and dreams goes toe-to-toe. Uh, -to -toe, so why not? Yeah, and so we decided to go this year as well with, with Nima 
and um, we started to build a new program. The last time we won, even our league, it's been a while. Uh, probably what ten years ago, Nima. That's right. If not, if not more. Yeah, two, 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 mm. 2000, maybe six or seven. So uh, probably just about when Lone Star was uh, was was formed or something. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and and with, with the way that we are now, uh, by no means we are trying to win the cup right now, but we want our young guys and the newcomers. Uh, to our club to experience this, this this new level of soccer, and so this is something completely different from the league, as I said, and and, um, and we are excited about it, you know, coming on Saturday. It should be a fun one, guys. It really should be a fun time uh, to take on Philadelphia Lone Star. Um, I, I know that they have been one of the uh, most one of the top clubs in the amateur levels, you know, NPSL, regular U.S. Adult Soccer Association level. Um, It's going to be a very interesting night uh, to take them on. And uh, what is it about the Lone Stars that's going to present a challenge for the Ukrainian nationals to at least move on to the next round of qualifying in October? Well, we we sort of know them for, for a while now. Uh, especially being part of uh, Philadelphia Unity Cup. Uh, we represent Team Ukraine, uh, and uh, I manage that team as well. And so I've, we've been playing against uh, teams that are formed from Lone Star for, uh, what, is it five years now? And uh, because they represent Liberia, Ivory Coast, and Guinea, and some of the other, you know, all, th- their players are in a lot of different African countries that, that play in this cup. And we played, you know, we faced them. We faced Lone Star themselves uh, a couple of years ago in the friendlies and so on. So they, they are rising stars. I mean, they, they took off pretty fast right away since they established themselves. And they do play on a higher level under normal uh, league uh, circumstances, right? So they, like you said, the NPSL, they, I, I'm not sure, but they, I think they were playing in USL too, where we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, so this is a challenge to us, uh, and we like the challenges. They, we, we do have young guys just like they do. Um, they might be a little bit more physical. They might be a little faster. Um, frankly, I I don't know. I, I haven't seen them this preseason yet. And a lot of the, the, the teams that started playing in the Unity Cup first week that represented Lone Star didn't do so good. So I'm actually hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I can, Well, I'm also hopeful I can, uh, that you guys will do well. Yes, go ahead, please. I was going to say, I can, uh, this is Nima speaking, I can chime in here a little bit. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I've been around this league for 15-plus years, you know, um, since my university days over at Drexel. Um so I, I know a lot of their history, in fact. Um, you know, they, they originally started out as a junior Lone Star, and I think they're, they've converted over to Philadelphia Lone Star now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was essentially uh, a Liberian-based team, and now it's a conglomerate of basically uh, a lot of West African countries. And, and by all means, I mean, their, their program is accelerated now. It's not just, obviously, uh, 
you know, isolated to African countries, right? Um, I know Paul, uh, Paul Kone is doing an uh, ex- exceptional job over there. And, um, you know, based out of southwest Philadelphia, they got, get a lot of those uh, young guys, and they're, they're doing a great job. Um, it's definitely going to be a challenge. I mean, whenever you play them, um, they are out to win. They are out to – it doesn't matter who their opponent is, right? They are out to win. They, um, so it's definitely going to be a challenge for, uh, you know, the Ukrainian club um, come Saturday. And as Roman already mentioned, they, you know, they're, they're playing NPSL, USL2, things like that. So um, they're, they're playing at a high level. They're, they're definitely playing at a high level. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I guess we'll, we'll only see. If we don't come prepared to play on Saturday, then, you know, it's, it's going to be a long day in the park. It really will be, and hopefully we'll get ourselves a great match. Hopefully it'll be streamed. If not, uh, we'll keep with the updates going on with uh, certain platforms. But, gentlemen, good luck this coming weekend. It's great to talk to members of a legacy club like the Ukraine Nationals. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. I really appreciate it, and good luck on the weekend. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Be well. Good luck. Thank you, you, I will. Thank you so much. Go Yuka. All right. All right. Take care. Goodbye, everybody. All right. Bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. And that is, of course, uh, Gene Lucille, Lucille uh, Roman, and their player, uh, Ukraine Nationals, Philadelphia Ukraine Nationals, as they're going to go for it against the Philadelphia Lone Star over in the Philadelphia Derby this coming weekend. Joining me right now, gentleman that not only is running the club, but he owns the club as the president and head coach of Athletic Club Sloan's Lake in the state of Colorado, right in here, right now. Max Fowler joins me to talk about his club in the Open Cup qualifiers. Max, good evening, and how are you over there in Colorado? Good evening. Uh, We're doing well, and uh, we're soaking in the sun as usual. So uh, it's been pretty warm warm out here. Oh, I bet it is. And I bet bet it's good weather right now. So I want to find out from you first. Um, Obviously, everybody knows Colorado Springs. Everybody knows Denver. Everybody knows, you know, some of the areas or some of the smaller areas of the state of Colorado. Where is Wheat Ridge located? And is it a border town to any of the other states? Or are you in the heart of of uh, Colorado? Actually, we're um, it's right next to the city line of Denver, uh, kind of like the North London clubs, where you have like the Tottenham district or the Chelsea district. We are uh, the Sloan's Lake district, which is half in Denver and half in a small little town called um, Edgewater, but it's it's a inner city suburb, if that makes sense. An urban suburb. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Um, oh no, that makes right perfect there. sense for me. Yep, and Wheat Ridge is the high school that uh, services that little town. So we are. Uh, Wheat Ridge is maybe a mile and a half away from our little city center. Which is. Oh, that's very in cool. Term, it, and we're three miles outside of Denver city center. Oh, okay. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Very, very cool. No, it does, actually. Well, you know, I'm from New York City, and uh, the first suburb north of the city is Yonkers. So, 
Uh, yep. I exactly know what you're talking about. So, uh, in, or shall we say the first suburb, I would say east of Queens and Brooklyn would be the first town in Long Island. So I definitely understand where you're coming from and where the area is. Now, why the name of Sloan's Lake? Is that an actual lake or is that, um, you know, like like name of a business or is it just an actual lake named named it's, after it? It's an actual lake and neighborhood in Denver. And Sloan's Lake was the actual, the site of the uh, first amusement park west of the Mississippi. So the little town that we're based in started off as like a, a little um, summer getaway town uh, in the 1880s. So we named it, I, I have a certain affinity for uh, clubs that are tied to community. So we might try to make it as local as humanly possible where we are just west of Denver City Center and we, um, our badge actually shows the view from the lake to uh, Mount Evans. Oh, wow. That's really awesome. I definitely am going to take a look. I always use Google Maps to uh, check out new areas I've never been to before, or at least areas I would like to check out. So I'll definitely uh, take a look and uh, when I get that opportunity after the show and see uh, what your area looks like. Um, how long has this club been operating in the Sloan Lake slash Denver area? So we started, this club started in uh, 2016, and uh, we kind of started as um, a bit of a reaction to just kind of the social climate at the time, where it's a very, very, from New York, if you're from New York City, you, you can kind of feel with this, where there is a, a very Hispanic neighborhood, there's a very gentrified neighborhood, we actually have a very large um, Hasidic population, and we kind of realized that those populations don't really intermingle as well. And we thought that uh, by forming a soccer club, you could kind of get those social connections of meeting people and businesses that you wouldn't meet in your own little atomized world. Where I'm a, I'm a big believer that the uh, of the salad bowl theory of America, where you know, we're actually better for our diversity. Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, diversity is always, uh, or shall we say, the melting pot is always big yeah. in our country. And we, we, we have to, you know, just as whatever evolved back in the 20s became into the 30s and from the 30s to the 40s and so on and so on, we have to evolve and we have to make sure that everyone in the community comes together and we're not all separate or we are all one. And I absolutely agree with you, Max. It's absolutely yeah, fantastic. It, it, so, mm -hmm. Oh, I was going to say, and instead of kind of complaining, my, my dad was a uh, U.S. government professor. So I, <laughs> I got to that age of 40 somewhere. I'm going, hey, what, what have I done to make my community better? So our club actually started – to be able to raise money, like for us, winning isn't the ultimate goal because out here in Colorado, no one <laughs> team sports, no one really cares because you've got the world's best hiking and the world's best skiing and the world's best mountain biking. But people do care about um, things that kind of make their everyday lives better. So winning for us is just a means to be able to raise money to give back to a, the local high school and the uh, 
uh, local community. Oh, that's great. And, you know, why not? I mean, you know, get the kids together and uh, make sure that they have what's in front of them, obviously. So, you know, why not? Um, So since you've got this club started, how many kids do you start with or how many players did you start with when you created this club? And how many are you having now, whether it's through, you know, kids programs, you know, adult soccer programs? What has the uh, reaction been for uh, Sloan's Lake? It's actually been super positive. We started with, oh gosh, I think about 20 players. And uh, we're affiliated with the uh, Wheat Ridge Avalanche, which is a a youth club, but um, we kind of act as their first team. But uh, our club has grown Mm -hmm. to where we were holding up to about 44 players on our first team, and we've now um, restricted that, a- that access because we can, we're only running one team at this point. So now we have our, uh, a solid roster of about 27 guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. <clears throat> Excuse me about that. Um, no, that's great. I'm glad to hear that, and I'm very glad to see uh, what you're doing is unifying the area, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, unifying uh, the neighborhood, the town, and the regional area of this club and having everyone come together and performing well and having belief. So, you know, I agree with you. It's wonderful to hear this, and it's just oh, wonderful yeah. to talk about it. And uh, how did you qualify to go into the qualifying rounds uh, for the Open Cup? So we play in the top amateur division in Colorado at this point, which is the uh, Colorado Super League run by the Colorado Soccer Association. So um, in our past, we had been a member of the UPSL. And um, if you are in this top division, you have uh, right to petition for entry, which we did. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you got selected to go in, or was it because of a record uh, your playing record got you to go in. How did you? Uh, how did it completely you know, go through? So the, the ten of the eleven top teams in our in our uh, super division uh, put in their registration, and we all got accepted. So it's it's kind of nice That's because fantastic. our little, yeah, in our little qualifying bracket, it's you could literally draw a twenty mile circle, and all ten clubs are within that circle. Wow. You don't have to drive too much. You could probably just walk, skip, or use a skateboard or bike it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're all derbies. It's like it's like playing the you know the London Championship. It's kind of fun, isn't it? I think so. That'll be the first the first time ever. I mean, I will admit it's the same thing in New York City. There's like maybe tens of millions of clubs, little clubs mm-hmm. uh, within five boroughs of New York City. Obviously, we got a club in Hoboken, New Jersey, just over the Hudson River. Some do pour into. Uh, Manhattan, and they go over the Hudson River. Like I said already, uh, Lansdowne Boys of Yonkers, New York, probably goes in as well. Uh, Greek, the New York Greek Americans, the New York Pan-Cyprian Freedoms, um, the New York Athletic Club has a, a club too. I mean, you're, you're just seeing millions and millions of little clubs, you know, probably a couple of blocks from each other or a subway station or a subway ride from each other going after each other 
you know, every single weekend, and the the travel is not that extensive. No, it's brilliant. We actually just got a player from that that New York City league who moved out to Colorado to uh, follow his doctorate, but he had played for uh, the Brooklyn Americans, and uh, he's now with us, which is kind of fun. Look at that. Look at that. You're getting a caliber player. Look at this. All the way from Brooklyn. (laughs) Excuse me. All the way from Brooklyn. If he's from Flatbush, you got him. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, (laughs) um, to talk about, obviously, like I've said already, um, it's amazing to see the amount of clubs that are very close to each other over there uh, in the Denver area. And already, uh, a result already happened, obviously. Um, I can get to the uh, schedule. Uh, Peak 11 which I consider that this an upset in my opinion because FC Denver uh, has always been a top-notch club that always battles and always wants to be a part of the old conversation. And to see them, which was uh, peak 11, go out and absolutely finding a way to defeat... FC Denver, to me, it's a major, major victory. I think it's a major victory. Oh, it was. We were there last night. Yeah, we were there last night. It was a really interesting game. Because obviously, like you said, FC Denver is soccer aristocracy here. And, you know, it's kind of the landed gentry in in the neighborhood with uh, themselves and Harpo's and Azteca FC. But a peak 11 is kind of rose from the ashes of the old um, – FC Boulder, and they have a very strong squad, and they um, they pulled a result. It was a fairly even game, and they won the luck of the draw on the pens. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that one ended in penalties. Scoreless draw became a 4-3 penalty kick victory for Peak 11 Football Club, and they're on to the next round. And, then of course, we'll have to wait and see after this coming weekend who will advance into the next round of qualification. Um, so talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Athletic Club of Sloan's Lake, obviously, um, you know, your opponents are not slouches either. You know, you're going to be no. taking on a, uh, a very, very difficult opponent. And um, you're going to be uh, you'll be the visitors against the Colorado Rovers, and that'll be over at the mm-hmm. Victoria Sports Park in Golden, Colorado. And actually, a cousin of mine lives in Golden, so uh, I have not been to Colorado. I'm not familiar with Denver or the or the area surrounding Denver or Golden or or Colorado Springs. But it sounds like it's going to be uh, a very fun time. And what will you be expecting for those of us that are not aware of this? Uh, battle or of your opponents, what is it about the Colorado Rovers that you are ready for that they will uh, give you a fight for 90 minutes or maybe even more? Yeah, we actually used to play in the league they played in, and uh, they're always a big physical team. So it, it, uh, it is very difficult to play through them. Uh, this the Victoria Parks is a gorgeous park that uh, the Victoria Kickers have uh, just built in the um, the little road between Denver and Golden, and 
turf, which is going to make the game fast, uh, that artificial grass. But um, <clears throat> they're a tough team to break down. They're a tough team to break down, and if you get into a long ball battle, you'll lose. Uh, that's just kind of the bread and brother, brah, roulette, the bread and brah, butter, and uh, you know, and they they definitely rule the roost in their league, and they're used to winning, and they 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 know how to play with a lead. So, uh, really, our strategy is to keep the game tight as possible, and uh, see how they act to a little bit of uh, adversity. And that's all you can do. Got to find a way to make them uncomfortable and tell them you're here and you want to advance to the next round. Max, thank mm-hmm. you for your time. I appreciate your conversation. Good luck over the weekend against Colorado Rovers and uh, good luck the rest of the season or your upcoming season for 2022. Thank you. And thank you for doing this show. This, this really means a lot to us uh, for this grand old competition. We, we really appreciate it. Thanks. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me tonight. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you, you too. And that is Max Fowler, president and the head coach of the Athletic Club of Sloan Lake. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. I've got to clear my throat here. Uh, And, of course, my final guest tonight is a gentleman coming from down in the Sunshine State of Florida. This gentleman, of course, uh, handling... A, uh, a big club down in Central Florida as he is the uh, owner and head coach of Deportivo Lake Mary. And this is Mr. Alfredo Ferrero as he will be joining me tonight to talk about their matchup and his club uh, in the Open Cup. Alfredo, good evening and how are you? I'm doing good on yourself, Daniel. Doing very well. Thank you for coming on tonight to talk to the myself and to the Open Cup uh, audience who are going to look very, very carefully to see what you and your club side will do uh, in this Open Cup opening round all over this upcoming weekend. Um, for those of us not familiar with Deportivo Lake Mary, how old is the club and how long have you been around? Well, the club is um, five years old. Um, we started competing in uh, local leagues like the uh, the Central Florida Soccer League, uh, and then we made the transition into the UPSL. So we were one of the founding members of the UPSL when they started here in the uh, Central Florida area. So we have been competing in the UPSL for probably six seven seasons already since they started over here. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, uh, we all know the hotbed the state of Florida is when it comes to uh, football players. Uh, as we all know, what's been going on down in South Florida in the Miami West Palm Beach and uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale area. We know what goes on in uh, the Orlando area, Tampa Bay, some of course, uh, old clubs like Tampa Bay Rowdies are doing well. Uh, Orlando City of MLS doing well. Inter-Miami's had a bit of a rough start so far. But um, normally, the players that you have over, are they normally from the Florida area or from the Central Florida area? Are you able to get players from 
other areas within the state or from other states surrounding Florida? Where do you get your players mostly from? Well, most of our players are from around uh, Central Florida, but uh, but they, we have some international players that they actually come from overseas that they they like to use the team and the UPSL uh, trying to find exposure. But uh, but is the pool of players here in the state of Florida is uh, is very diverse. You know that's the good thing about the state, and the talent is is incredible. You know we can find players from Central America, South America, even from the United States that they come from um, academies that they are well trained, and um, and the talent is incredible. But most of our players are from here. They go to school. So some of them they go to UCF. You know they're, they're local players uh, from within the state. Now, when you talk to your local players, <clears throat> excuse me, do you mention uh, the native Floridian in Conrad de la Fuente? Obviously, he went to play with Barcelona. Now he's in French League on, I believe he's with Lille at the moment. But do you use him as an example to get your players who are from Lake Mary themselves to tell them, if you want to make it big, in this sport, not just to be here in the U.S., but if you think that you can do what Conrad does, do you use that as motivation uh, for the uh, what De La Fuente has done so far and, of course, him being a part of this U.S. men's national team now? Well, yeah, we're always looking up to these guys, you know, and, and we always use them as an example because we know how hard it is to actually make it you know, to the pro level, and we know how difficult it is to actually be part of the U.S. national team. So we always um, set up these players, you know, as huge examples to, to the younger guys or to the guys that they come from other countries that they want to make to the transition to the pro level over here in the United States. And, I mean... There's not going to be a better example, you know, than uh, players that are playing at that level for the amateur players that they're part of our club. So, so yeah, we, we use that all the time as motivation um, and, you know, to try to keep them focused and on point to what our goals as a team are. Your league right now in the uh, UPSL, how difficult – of a league is it currently how many uh derbies do you have to perform in this league against uh, whatever the competition is how fierce is the upsl not just within your conference or you're within your division but the entire league itself what have you seen in past results being uh, a part of this club since its uh, beginnings see the upsl um is growing, okay, and and when the league is growing, the level of play is going to improve. So, in our conference, I would say is is pretty tough. If you look at, you know, past uh, seasons, we always have, or most of the time, we have a representative from our state in the final four. So we have pretty tough teams. Uh, 
in the UPSL in general, nation ones, they have some pretty good teams. As you can see, there have been some MLS academies joining uh, the UPSL now. We have the Orlando City U23 playing in our conference. I know the, uh, the Atlanta United is went to the Georgia division, and they're starting this season. Um, so is you see some MLS academies also that they're part of the UPSL. So it's, it's tough, Daniel. I mean, over here, if you in the UPSL, if you're not ready to play, these teams will not forgive you. You know, they they are tough and they're competitive. They're in shape. They have great coaches, great training. Um, so I would say, man, it, it's, it's tough. I mean, with how much I have seen the league grow right now, it's pretty close to some of the teams that they are in the NPSL, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the talent is is outstanding. It's really good. That's amazing to hear, and that's fantastic to hear, because I keep saying this all the time, that we need to continue to grow the sport in, this, uh, in our country. We need to continue to grow the sport. Uh, we have to make sure that players, no matter where they come from, no matter who they are, what they are, they need the minutes. They need to find a club team as much as possible, whether it be uh, an amateur side or a, uh, an academy club, or even if they're able to catch on with an academy that's a part of USL, NPSL, MLS, NISA. It does not matter. It has to be done. It has to be uh, definitely it has to be done the right way to make this country a gold mine for football uh, in this country and for other clubs and other leagues around the world. And so far we've seen that with uh, all these players going into Europe, obviously for Germany and the Bundesliga, Serie A in Italy, La Liga in Spain, the Premier League in England. Uh, we're seeing French League on now. Uh, and hopefully more players will come. And hopefully American players will be able to go to um, – Maybe those historic clubs in South America like Boca Juniors, like Nacional, <clears throat> like Peñarol, like River Plate, and some of these other big clubs in Atletico Nacional in Colombia, obviously, uh, Juan Pablo Angel's uh, club uh, that wears the green and white, of course, down in Colombia. Um, and I was just curious to know, uh, did you see the goal I mentioned to you before you came on the show tonight uh, that he scored? Yes, yes. Yes, I got a chance to actually see it. It was pretty impressive. Now I know why you mentioned it to me. Yep. It was amazing to watch. And to be at Red Bull Arena to see that happen uh, live was even more astonishing. Just a lot of, um, excuse me, <clears throat> just a lot of camera angles, not just from the television channel, but so many people using their smartphones to videotape, that was just an amazing uh, goal to be uh, seen and uh, an amazing goal uh, to be uh, uh, heard when the celebrations were on its way. Now, um, you are going to face Deportivo Lake Mary. You're going to face Orlando FC Wolves, and you're going to be over at the East Orange District Park in Christmas, Florida. Um, what is it about Orlando FC Wolves that 
either you're going to give them a hard time or they're going to give you a hard time. What makes them so dangerous that you have to at least be careful when you play against them? Well, to be honest with you, they're going to give us a hard time. I mean, they, I know that team very well. Uh, they actually eliminated us uh, in 2019, uh, won two goals to one. They scored two goals in the second ex- uh, overtime. It was a, a tough matchup. And I know those guys very well. They're, they're experienced. You know, they, they're they good players. I mean, or, the Orlando Wolves is, is a good team. If you can see the results, they... Um, they have they won their division in the NSL this year. They actually play in the Central Korea Soccer League and they won it too. So they they are recognized in this area and we all know they're a tough team. Um they probably the only disadvantage that I will see that will go against them is like uh, they have not started playing yet. Their leagues have not started playing yet and we are already probably like two, three months into our season if you count preseason. So we might have a head mm-hmm. start. When it mm-hmm. comes to fitness, when it comes to, you know, uh, team chemistry, uh, the tactical. It, it, in the tactical part, we might be even. I will give them that to them because they have been to, playing together for such a long time that they already have that. But they need that playing time. They need, you know, that that timing on the field. And I don't think I know they have made a couple uh, scrimmages here and there, but I don't know if that really counts as a an official game because the intensity changes a little bit. So, so they might be having a little disadvantage there. How much is it going to be? I don't know. We have <clears> to see, you know, because they're they're a good team, a lot of experience. I know most of those guys for a long time so so I have a lot of respect for them but we're ready that's good I mean we have been training hard Daniel and uh, the UPSL is tough so we we are ready for them to be honest with you we're ready and that's great to hear and I really do hope that you get a nice successful victory and move on to the next round and uh, hopefully um, Deportivo Lake Mary uh, if you do get the victory, there'll be some nice celebrations. I know you're not far from downtown Orlando. Uh, how far is Lake Mary uh, taking I-4 uh, going west uh, on that road to get to downtown Orlando? No, we're like probably like 20 minutes away, 20, 25 minutes away. We're north of Orlando. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we're not that far away. We we do some conditioning down there. Sometimes we take the guys to Lake Eola uh, in the preseason, and and we do some running uh, down there. You know, it's a beautiful park. So yeah, we're not that far away from uh, from Orlando. All I know is the East West Expressway is murder, absolute murder. Don't take it. <laughs> oh, which one? I four. No, the East-West Expressway. I know about I-4, especially going between Disney World and downtown Orlando because they keep expanding yes. the freaking road. Yes, oh. that's a killer. No, 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 no. That's, that's what we killer. love with Mary so yeah. much. 
<laughs> That's the reason why we love Lake Mary so much. We're like, we stay away from all that madness. We just go down there yep. when we have to, when we go play a team, and we just travel down there, and, you know, and then we come back to our safe house. There you go. That's all I like to hear. Well, Alfredo, I really do appreciate your time. Good luck this coming weekend against Orlando FC Wolves, and hopefully you will advance into the next round, and good luck. Thank you, Daniel, and I want to thank you, you know, for the invitation. Uh, we, the whole Deportivo Lake Mary family, were grateful to have the opportunity to, you know, share this moment with you. And, you know, hopefully we can be part of your show in the near future. Well, let's see what happens. Uh, but thank you once again, and I will talk to you uh, hopefully soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Daniel. Have a good night. Uh, you're welcome. Have a good night. Right. Alfredo uh, Ferrero, owner, president of Deportivo Lake Mary, as uh, these clubs, many more clubs, are going to go for it. Qualification rounds of the U.S. Open Cup for these amateur teams. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be exciting, and I cannot wait. And I just want to say to all these clubs that are in the opening round, and then, of course, when we get to the next round in October, those clubs that have earned their first round buys, I want to give them good luck for the next round of Open Cup qualification. Uh, quickly, Red Bulls with a 1-1 draw coming back from the international break. Um, great start. Another issue with uh, not finding a way to keeping the ball out of the net or at least getting VAR'd. And uh, once again, they cough up two points against their most hated rivals in D.C. United. All they need to do now is to uh, finish up going down to our nation's capital later on, uh, I believe in October, head back down for midweek action to Audi Field, and uh, not just to get a win, but now they've got to score at least two, three more goals to win the Atlantic Cup. If they can do that, that would be nice for them to win something this season, to win the season series for this year. Um, but all I can tell you is that right now it's not looking good in Red Bull land. And it's a situation where they need to, this talent needs to grow up a little bit faster if it's possible. If not, then it's a basically, I'm not saying it's a wasted year, but at least it's a year where it is a rebuilding year. There's nothing you can do about it. This is a rebuilding year officially. And um, we're just going to have to wait and see what the situation will be going down the road. But once again, the Open Cup is back. The U.S. Open Cup is back. The fighting is back. The qualification rounds are back. Who will join Lansdowne Boys of Yonkers, New York in the qualification section of the first round draw sheet? Which of these amateur clubs will be joining that one? And what will they do? when they are finally drawn in the first round of the 2022 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. It should be exciting. It should be fun. It should be wonderful. I cannot wait to see what will happen. Let's get it on.
and let's have some fun. So I want to thank my guests tonight. I want to thank Mr. Gene Lissieu, um and of course Roman and their one of their players. I forget their name, his name at the moment, but uh, I want to thank uh, the members of the uh, Philadelphia Ukraine Nationals for joining me tonight. I want to thank Mr. Uh, Max Fowler of Athletic Club Sloan's Lake, and as also Mr. Alfredo Ferrero, Tivo Lake Mary. Uh, would have loved to have on more clubs representing themselves on this show. You know, it's very tough to get clubs to uh, participate, but that's okay. It's quite all right. Hopefully they'll do well and they'll want to jump on in and uh, be a part of this show to talk about their qualification rounds and their journey to the first round of the 2022 Omar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. The journey to be drawn then it becomes a journey to start the madness. And that is a fun one when it's the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Just like the English England FA Cup, Scottish FA Cup, the Coppa Italia, the Coppa del Rey, the German Cup, French Cup, Coupe de France, actually. The tournaments, all clubs, professional and amateur, that battle it out. And especially those smaller clubs that are going to try to qualify from round one and to go all the way into the final. Those clubs are going to battle. They're going to battle hard. And that's what I cannot wait for. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to have. To go forward and give us a show. Give us a show. Show us what you're made of. And have those open cup dreams ready to go. And make sure Cinderella's wearing her glass boots. Because she's coming, boys. If the clock struck midnight early, you're done. If you can keep the clock from ticking to midnight, you'll move on to the next round. It will be exciting. It will be a lot of fun. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Next week, uh, CONCACAF Champions League review show for the second leg semifinal. We'll be on next Monday's show, this coming Friday night. Red Bulls had to make up the uh, – excuse me, that's, that's not the right one. Red Bulls will be in uh, on the road in Miami to take on Inter-Miami down – well, for now they're in Fort Lauderdale, but it's Inter-Miami. Uh, they're going to play over at Lockhart at Dry Pink Stadium, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. And then, of course, we'll just have to uh, see what's going to happen. And other than that, it's going to be a, a fun one and a wild one. Thank you for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care so long. And bye-bye for now.